Welcome to Mind the Gap, Suppressed to Address, a California-focused podcast about the gaps that divide us and how to bridge them. Mind the Gap was created by the 2022-23 to Calafia Fellows. Calafia is a journalism program by Youth Leadership Institute. I'm Caitlin Chang, one of Calafia's senior fellows and co-facilitator of this year's fellowship. Ever heard of the racial pay gap? Surely we've all heard about the gender pay gap, but a racial pay gap? In 2023? Hmm. We start our series in San Mateo with today's host, high school senior Clarissa Wing, who asks the question, why don't we talk about racial pay gaps in the U.S.? And what effect are these gaps having on minority communities? Hi, my name is Clarissa Wing, and I am a high school senior and a Calafia Fellow from the Bay Area. This is an episode focused on the topic of racial pay gaps in the U.S. and their effect on minority groups. We often hear about the issues within the gender pay gap, but what about the less discussed problems of the racial pay gaps in our society? In the United States, the racial pay gap subliminally creates a further divide between white individuals and people of color. And the pay gap, specifically for women of color, is even more significant as the intersectionality of both race and gender inequality is present. In 2015, a Pew Research study found that Average hourly wages for Black and Hispanic men were $15 and $14 respectively, compared with $21 for white men. Even six years later, in 2021, the Institute for Women's Policy Research stated, Compared to the median weekly earnings of white men working full-time, Hispanic women's full-time earnings were just 58.4%. I invited Dr. Hayes Bautista, the director of the Center for Study of Latino Health and Culture at the School of Medicine at UCLA, to gain more insight into the racial pay gap. To begin, I asked him what the racial pay gap is. Well, the racial pay gap is fairly similar to the gender pay gap. Uh, there are there's some minor variation, I believe, that. Uh, white women have actually reduced it to 28%. It used to be 30%. Whereas for other groups, it'll vary. But it's around about the nature of about 20 to 30% with some variance by region, time, et cetera. But there clearly is a significant and fairly perjurate gap. The definition of a wage gap, according to Avestopedia, is that it represents the unfair divergence between the pay of different groups of people, often by demographic characteristics. The different group in this case would be racial groups. Furthering the investigation, Dr. Hayes Bautista explains that the history of the inequality between the white population and people of color is what led to the racial pay gap. This is partially structured in by the nature of the Constitution of the United States and then the separate state constitutions. Uh, the original Constitution, 1789, basically stipulated that only white males could be full citizens of the United States. The other groups, uh, and at that point, their racial groups were uh, African-Americans and Indians and women, white women, were not considered uh, to be competent to fully be citizens. They couldn't have the vote. And in fact, they were considered to be in a diminished capacity.
So you have large swaths of people that were simply not allowed to be full participants in American society for anywhere from 150 to almost 200 years. So as a result, there has been pay gaps, uh, voting gaps, and other sorts of gaps that were simply structured in and did not get structured out until the mid to late 20th century, and their effects are still lingering. It wasn't just the racial pay gap that emerged because of her history. It was also gender, voting, and education gaps that still continue in the present day. Additionally, these racial pay gaps are often said not to affect the Asian population. But Dr. Hayes Bautista has contrary evidence, which again leads back to the history of the U.S. We tend to sometimes think that maybe Asians are not affected by it, but Asians were very much the target um, uh, very direct, uh, like the Chinese Exclusion Act of uh, 1880. And up until uh, after World War II, in many states, Asians could not own property. Um, what happened is with a shift in the immigration laws in 1965, we started getting a fresh wave of Asian immigration who had not lived that experience here. They came fresh from Asia, didn't know the United States when there had been segregation laws. And because of the nature of the immigration that arrives, usually very highly educated, um, they do not seem to have so much of the gap, but there clearly seems to be a sort of a glass ceiling. We see this very much in healthcare, that while there are a lot of Asians in the healthcare workforce, rarely do you see them in the C-suites. And there, that seems to be such a strong pattern, it can't just be happenstance. He notes that while some racial groups are more affected than others, specifically the Latinx and Black communities, that does not mean that other racial groups are not discriminated against. Just because someone is not as affected by a critical issue does not make them any less of a victim. I then asked him why he believes racial pay gaps are not discussed to the extent of gender pay gaps. Although he does not know the exact answer, he puts it this way. Every day I read two newspapers, both published here in LA. I read the Los Angeles Times, and I read La Opinion. And as I read them, I would have no idea they were published in the same city. Latinos are almost completely absent in the LA Times, except when there's a story about gangbangers or undocumented immigration or teenage pregnant moms on welfare. Whereas as I read La Opinion, these issues such as pay gap for the hotel workers, for the car washers, et cetera, are constant stories in La Opinion. So in La Opinion in Spanish language media, that pay gap is very, very apparent. In the English language media, it's scarcely mentioned. So mm -hmm. I tend to live a lot in the Spanish language media universe. So for me, it's very apparent. But I also read the LA Times and the New York Times every day, and it's not apparent there. He explains how the traditional, more well-known media often discusses topics that portray a negative image of racial groups. Yet, when reading from a news outlet that specifically addresses a minority community, they include all news, especially the stories that go unheard in the widespread media. These platforms specialize in uplifting these stories and inequalities so they can fight for their rights. To conclude, I asked Dr. Hayes Bautista how he believes the audience can be more informed about the racial pay gap and help to raise awareness to bring change. He says... I think it's important to get it, first of all, networked with the places that do communicate this, such as reading the Spanish language media, where this is uh, it's an ongoing theme within the Spanish, say, La Opinion. I doubt there's 
an issue that doesn't talk about the pay gap in some way or another or the education gap. And that they also give stories about groups that are trying to address these issues. So then the next step would be to get involved with these groups. Or if you don't find a group close to you or one that you agree, make your own group and get involved. That's always an option. As they say, if you don't like the news, go out and make your own. To get the full and complete story, we must hear it firsthand from an outlet that focuses on telling the whole truth about the problems that exist in our society to find ways to combat these issues. As cliche as it sounds, there are always two sides to every story. When we read articles in the traditional widespread media, we may only be learning one side. It is essential to stay informed about these issues and to have the desire to make a change in the concerns we see. It is often said that students are taught the subject of history to learn from past mistakes. Yet, these mistakes unfold without being corrected from the root, which then creates a multi-dimensional problem in the current day. The Chinese Exclusion Act and white men being the only ones protected in the original constitution are events in history that created discrimination against people of color. Although they are given the impression of being corrected, there are still lasting effects and the racial pay gap is one of them. We must speak out about the concerns and inequalities behind the racial pay gap so these injustices do not persist. You've been listening to Mind the Gap, Suppressed to Addressed, a California-focused podcast about the gaps that divide us and how to bridge them. Today's episode was created by Clarissa Wing, her first ever podcast, I might add, Clarissa is a 2022-23 Calafia Fellow. Calafia is a journalism program by Youth Leadership Institute. For more information about Calafia or Youth Leadership Institute, check the links in the description. Are you a policymaker? A young person? A person on Earth? Did you like the show? Want to talk about it? Then please follow YLI on social at YLI Institute on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or check the description for links. I'm Senior Calafia Fellow Caitlin Chang, and that's our show. See you next time.